How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hey there, Disney Files. Thanks for tuning in. Just a little warning that whilst we like to keep things bright and light here at Dissecting Disney Ditties, occasionally we do drop in a bad word or two. So if you're listening at home or in the car with the kidlets, you might want to listen to this later. Enjoy. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet to record today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to Elders past and present. Welcome to Dissecting Disney Ditties. Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet! But on this show, we'll be breaking each Disney classic out. Hello, hello, and welcome to Dissecting Disney Ditties with Stackers and Will. I'm Stackers. And I'm Will. And on this show, we break each Disney classic down song by song in an attempt to answer the impossible question. What is the best Disney song? I don't know. Stop asking me questions I can't answer. We don't have it in uh, on the board today because we're recording remotely again, Stackers. We are. We're recording remotely. And if you could see me now, you would notice that I have a guest artist on my knee. We do. Uh, in the form of my cat, Layla. Layla, what was your opinion <laughs> on Pocahontas? Good to hear. Good to hear. Good to so, hear. <laughs> Back to you in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Will? Uh, look, I'm not too bad, Stackers. Uh, we're recording remotely because there's just a lot happening at the moment. So thank you and thank to our listeners for being so uh, patient and supportive and uh, putting up with, you know, varying degrees of audio quality and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, look, there's, there's a lot happening. I won't go into it here and bore everyone, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I have spent my past lifetime hand-sequining red ruby slippers. Yeah. Um, there are sequins all over my couch, all over my floor, and somehow all over my bed. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but they look really yeah. pretty, and uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to uh, um, I'm uh, musical directing a production of The Wizard of Oz, yeah. which unfortunately Disney did not write, so no, we will never dissect no. it. But um, yeah, that's what I've been doing with my life lately. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I went and saw Jurassic World Dominion yesterday. I only learned yesterday that's even a thing. I had no idea yeah. there was a new Jurassic World film. How How is it? It was not great. I uh, <laughs> I did not like it. Uh, Angie loved it. So um, and look, my uh, my um, uh, Angie's anecdote is kind of related to it. So I won't go into it too much. But I mean, when you hear the word Jurassic World, what do you expect the movie to be about? Dinosaurs, do, 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 and yeah. Jeff Goldblum Dino in an open shirt. Dinosaurs. Do, do, I mean, dinosaurs were in it, and <laughs> Jeff Goldblum does unbutton his shirt at one stage, but I won't, like, <clears throat> spoiler alert, it's not really about dinosaurs. It's kind of crazy, this movie. I uh, It was utterly bananas. But, yeah, again, I won't delve into it too They're much. like, we can't make another dinosaur movie, so yeah, uh, let's just make it about People are bored of dinosaurs, else. right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yo, Colin Trevorrow, what do you got? People are getting tired of dinos, man. Like, I don't know, locusts, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> 
But look, we're not here to dissect uh, the declining quality of the prehistoric Jurassic, film Jurassic films. Uh, we are here to talk about Pocahontas. Pocahontas. All right. Uh, have you seen this movie before? I have seen this movie before. My main memory of this movie, I don't feel like it's one I've rewatched since I first saw it in 1995, 96, whenever it was. Um, I f- my main memory is that my school, my primary school at the time, I think I was in grade three or four, maybe grade four, um, we had like, you know, those end of year activities kinds of things when, you know, us teachers are too tired We've to actually teach. Ideas. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, we're like, hey, let's send them to a water park for a day. That's fun. <laughs> um, I feel like one of those activities was going to the movies to see Pocahontas. And um, in the town I grew up in, there was a movie cinema, was maybe like a 10 minute walk. So we all walked, the, the entire school essentially walked up oh to um, the. Belgrave Cameo Cinemas, a shout out. It still exists. It's uh, it's a quaint little cinema. Walked up to the cinema and watched Pocahontas and then walked back. And my main memory that I took away from that is that one of my friends fell asleep in the movie and the whole, like, you, you know what kids are like when something weird like that happens. Yeah. We we're like, oh, oh, my, oh, my God, he's asleep. Yeah. He's asleep. It's, oh, he's so funny. Oh. And, so, and that's sort of my main memory and takeaway from this movie. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, what's your uh, thoughts and feelings? What's your history with this movie? Um, well, I really loved Avatar. Sorry, Pocahontas. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't, like, I know I watched this and I think I watched this quite a bit when I was younger because I was absolutely obsessed with one of the songs from this movie and I guarantee it's not the one you're thinking of uh, and I'll reveal it when we're going through the songs because it's definitely got a five on cake score right. <laughs> for me. But I was, um, yeah, I just... I actually, when I was watching this again yesterday, question mark, um, I actually just suddenly burst into tears at one point because I was like, it just all this nostalgia just hit me like a ton Mm. of bricks um, because, yeah, I really, really loved certain points of this um, movie when I was younger. That being said, I've forgotten a majority of it. I remember... I don't know if it was me or my cousin Emily because I, we used to play together a lot as kids, but one mm. of us had a Barbie doll, but it wasn't Pocahontas. It was her her bestie. A ne- I used to call her Nico, but her, her name's not that. It's Nick ne- Nicono. What ne- Nicoma? Okay, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we called her Nico. Um, but yeah, one of us had that Barbie doll, which. <laughs> it makes me think of that. Um, is it Jingle All the Way when he's trying to get that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Turbo, get Man Turbo Man doll, and all they've got is the best friend. We had the yeah. best friend doll. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, that might be uh, that might be the, the quote I try and pull for the start of this uh, the start of this episode. Some of them Jingle All the Way. What a film! <laughs> Such a great film. I watched it last Christmas. It, Christmas. It hasn't lost value. It's still so great. I was in Europe and I was extremely hungover. Like I cannot (laughs) emphasize 
how hungover I actually was. We went out to this shots bar the night before and it was Christmas Day and I was on a bus driving to Berlin, hungover <laughs> as balls, and they chucked on Jingle all the way and I was like staring catatonically at this film. It was the best way to experience a hangover while on a bus from Amsterdam to Berlin. It was so, it's so good. I love that movie so much. It's Future Christmas special episode. that come out of your mouth. <laughs> random stories. Oh, boy. Um, no, yeah, fair enough. I, 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 uh, I had forgotten a lot about this movie as well. There's so much of it that I did not remember. It's quite a, a tight little hour and a half. Like, it's it's it is. very it short film. It moves. Um, yeah, but, they, like, they pack a lot into it as well. Like, there's mm. a bunch of cool songs. There's... Um, a fairly complex story, but I mean, we'll, I guess we'll sort of talk about you know the over romanticizing of the story. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, like it's it's uh, it it's, it moves, it moves, and I appreciated that. I, I was never, I was not bored, unlike Jurassic World Dominion, where it goes for two and a half hours, and I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. Well, we we should probably jump into it because there's there's a bit to discuss here. Um, yeah. Do we have do we have a drink? Uh, we do, yeah. We are remote, so we don't have it, but I have something for us. It is... Today, Stackers, we're having a shooter. It's been a while since we've done a shot, so here we are. And it's called The Colours of the Wind. Um... So basically, it uses a couple of different types of liqueurs. You can also um, use blue carousel if you have it, um, because not everyone's going to have, you know, blue vodka or anything like that. But it, it, essentially, you need cherry liqueur, banana liqueur, uh, vodka, and then, yeah, blue carousel if you so desire as well. And essentially, you are just layering in, firstly, your vodka then your banana liqueur, then your cherry liqueur, and then your blue curacao on top. And if you don't know how to layer things, essentially you use like the back of a spoon and you very gently pour the contents in um, to the shot glass just to try and sort of get it so that one sits on top of the other. The, the aim of the game is to not mix at all. So you get this like layered colored effect. I just, I got to stop you there, Will. Yeah. Have you ever successfully layered a drink? Uh, look, uh, the only times I've ever attempted it is after I've already had a couple of drinks. So no, <laughs> I have not. Well, but- I definitely have, and I definitely I've given up on the idea. I've tried it on a few <laughs> drinks, and doesn't matter what angle or how yeah, slowly yeah. you pour, it never works. It never looks like the picture. <laughs> I feel like uh, we need to actually make a sacrifice to some sort of higher being for it to work, <laughs> yeah. and I haven't quite done that yet. So yeah, but that's the colours of the wind, guys. It does look beautiful. Um, if you manage it, so I will attempt it and post a picture. And if you do I- manage it, please let us know how you do. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> so that's the colours of the wind. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, uh, let's let's jump into some stats. It is 1995. The film is Pocahontas. Music is by Alan Menken, as is the score, and the lyrics are by Stephen Schwartz. In the cast, we've got Irene Bedard as Pocahontas, Mal Gibson as John Smith, 
David Ogden Steers as Governor Radcliffe and Wiggins, Russell Means as Chief Powhatan, uh, Christian Bale as Thomas, Billy Connolly as Ben, and Linda Hunt as Grandmother Willow. Uh, of course, it wouldn't be a Disney movie without the voices of Frank Welker. In this, mm. he is Flit, the little uh, hummingbird. Yep, yep. Um, we know him best as Abu. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's done a lot of things, but to me, he's he's always going to be Abu. Go down in history as Abu. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's some pretty famous people in this film. That is another thing that really stunned me rewatching it because I rewatched it last night, um, mm. and when I was starting up. I forgot Mel Gibson was a major voice in that. Mm. Um, so that was a, a nice surprise. And then, yeah, when I heard Billy Connolly, I was like, oh, crap. And then I didn't recognise Christian Bale at first, but when he was talking, I was like, I know that voice. <laughs> That's because he's not saying, I'm Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, John, you've got to go get Pocahontas. <laughs> yeah, because he'd just done uh, Newsies. Yeah. But, yeah, that's Christian Bale using a, a very – different voice to that of Batman. Mm. I, I uh, actually was really surprised. I recognised David Ogden Steers, who we know most notably as Cogsworth from yeah. Beauty and the Beast, when Governor Ratcliffe was getting, I don't know, he was getting dressed or something and he had Wiggins, his assistant, was in there. Yeah, and as soon yeah. as Wiggins spoke, I was like, that's Cogsworth. What mm. I didn't realise is Ratcliffe is also Cogsworth. Yeah. That is him doing a scene with himself. Great, great <laughs> voice acting. Like, um Ratcliffe is so different to Cogsworth, so different to Wiggins. Um, yeah, I did not pick the two as the same person. Yeah, yeah. really, really, really cool. Um, no point talking about Mal Gibson because I hope that guy dies in a fire. <laughs> um, but, yeah, really, really interesting. There's a lot more money thrown into this cast mm. than we've seen uh, in sort of the recent-ish films yeah. um, because this was meant to be the be-all and end-all. This was meant yeah. to be the biggest film, you know, this was where the money was going, not into The Lion King, if you recall, mm, um, I do. because this was going to be the next Academy Award nominee because um, basically J Katzenberg was riding high on the whole Beauty and the Beast being nominated for Best best Picture, which was yeah. totally unprecedented. And he's like, great, we need another mature love story. Let's do this. Let's pour everything into this. And obviously did not reach the same heights as that film was was – Successful-ish, but nowhere near as successful as The Lion King. Yeah. And this kind of like all-star voice acting cast, we don't really see again, at least for some time. Because I'm just looking ahead at, at like um, Hunchback of Notre Dame and Hercules, which are the next two. And there's a couple mm. of big names here and there, but nothing to like this. Like if you think of, you know, thoughts on him aside, like Mel Gibson's star power oh, at this point at in this time point. Yeah. Fucking enormous. And um, to a lesser extent, I guess, Christian Bale, he had had a couple of big hits, but nothing, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was a breakout yet, but Billy Connolly was huge in the 90s. Mm -hmm. um, really, really insane cast. Yeah, Linda Hunt, uh, who was Grandma Willow, had also just received an Academy Award. So, yeah, we've got, got big names in here. Um, mm. Speaking of Academy Awards... This won uh, the award, the Academy Award for Best Score for a Comedy or Musical. Yep. And it also won Best Song. What do you think the song was? Was it Colours of the Wind? It definitely was Colours yeah, of the Wind because okay. that song was fucking 
fucking everywhere. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, interestingly, in the Golden Globes, it didn't win best score. It was only nominated. The film that won was something I'd never heard of, something to do with Magnificent or Mirror. It was an M word. Okay. Um, and But it did win best song for Colors of the Wind. Speaking of songs, you will probably most recognize Colors of the Wind. The other sort of big hit out of this was just around the river bend and the pop duet that was cut from the film <laughs> if i never knew you which apparently was a massive <laughs> hit for weddings in the 90s oh yeah yeah um yeah uh so yeah that's that's kind of the uh the the main stats i've got for this um yeah. most notably this was the first animated disney film that was released that was not based on a story, but rather a true historical event. Yeah, yeah. Though how closely it resembled mm. that true historical event it remains to be a topic of discussion. Yeah, yeah. So um, I did not write uh, an original synopsis as such because there is no actual story. However, mm. I did very, very loosely summarise the original story of Pocahontas, which mm. I have sent to you, you have. which you yes. can now dig up and uh, read in your best historical voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I already know this is going to be brutal, so <laughs> let's go. <laughs> All right. Pocahontas was a Native American woman belonging to the Powhatan people in 1617. She was the 10-year-old daughter of the paramount chief of a network of tribes around the Tidewater region of Virginia. John Smith was a 27-year-old colonist who was famous for marching into villages and holding people at gunpoint until they gave up food and supplies. Lovely guy, really. You can see why Mel Gibson was tasked <laughs> to play him there. <laughs> of course, Mel, just take it. Uh- <laughs> Uh, Smitty was captured by the Powhatan warriors, but was released upon an alliance formed on the fact that the English and the Powhatans were both terrified of being invaded by the Spanish. The Powhatan tribe then made John Smith a leader and gave him some land. When Pocahontas was about 15 or 16, she married Cocoam and had a child. And next up, some super dick named Samuel Argyle hunted down Pocahontas and threatened that if the tribe didn't hand her over, he'd attack the village. So Pocahontas was handed over only to have the village attacked anyway, and Cocoam was murdered. Uh, Around 17 or 18, she married the father of tobacco, John Ralph, and bore a son. It was super romantic in the sort of you-can-never-see-your-family-again kind of way. About two years later, she died of poisoning at the hand of her husband. The end. It's grim. Really lovely romantic story. Yeah, it's so grim. Um... And I think that that's the biggest problem with this movie is that we've talked about like romanticizing, you know, r- disgusting historical figures in the past. You know, mostly I think we talked about it in Dumbo. Um, but this is just another example of romanticizing a horrible history. Yeah, um, because there's nothing really, it's not like they've changed pardon me, little pieces of it, really. They've mm. just taken the name of someone and then made it Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And yeah. In my mind, if you really wanted to, so they really wanted to make um, a, a movie to do with like Native Americans. Great, make one up completely and make a yeah. Romeo and Juliet. You don't have to just pull a name that's like, oh, that's kind of famous. It doesn't really matter what the, the truth was. Let's just put her in this story. Yeah, that to me yeah. is the most disrespectful part. Just invent someone. Yeah, if you can do that. And it's hard because I think that this movie. <sighs> 
in a very like white saviory kind of way, this movie attempts to do some good things. Like it, it's got this sort of strong, capable female lead who is a woman of color. Um, mm. Awesome, great. But then it does have this. It's it's bogged down by. Yeah, like um, over-inflating and fictionalizing this really problematic time in uh, American history. And the song, uh, so like when I was going through and I was writing the songs, and I don't want to, yeah, I won't spoiler or anything. We'll talk about this more later. When I was going through and I was writing the songs, the song Savages came up and I was like, oh my God, how are we, how am I even going to, like, how are we going to focus on this? How are we going to do this? This, like, I think the song does a pretty good job at sort of like, Showing how, you know, uh, two people can, like, two cultures can think the same thing about the opposite culture, like, uh, two unknowns almost. But then the problem with that is that it's still romanticizing this thing and saying that, oh, both were wrong, both cultures were wrong, when really, no, it was this problem caused by settlement and colonization and eradication and, and ext- like, you know, it, it, genocide. It's, yeah. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a little bit of a rant mm. there, but it it the the film does almost. No, it, I, it's I like completely it's taking, agree. And when we get to that song, I've got a very similar. It's like it's taking one step forward and then two steps back. Yeah, you still end up like back, like further back, but you you it's it's hard because you can. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know. Yeah. No, I I completely completely agree. I think they they almost. <laughs> yeah, it comes back to, yeah, we want to show that like every, you know, it was bad, but at the end of the day, we still celebrate Thanksgiving. So, um, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. And the fact like, I read a, it's- I read a little stat somewhere that this movie was initially conceived at a Thanksgiving party. It, it was. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It was cause, um, they had originally the directors had proposed a film to do with Swan Lake and it yeah. was rejected. And so they went back to the drawing board and Thanksgiving came around and uh, he had, um, the director had recently read a book about Pocahontas's father, I think it was, mm. and it was Thanksgiving and that's where the idea for Pocahontas came. So they took it to the gong show, which we've talked about um, a few times. It's where, um, you know, directors go to or story storyboard, story writers go to pitch their ideas for films. Yeah. And the brief was a poster with Tiger Lily from Peter Pan and Disney written above it. And there was a um, block of text on the poster that read, an Indian princess who was torn between her father's wishes to destroy the English settlers and her wishes to help them. Her father's wishes to destroy the English Settlers, like, can we just think about that sentence for a second? Yeah. I wish this wasn't a, a an audio medium because my face is just like, eesh. <laughs> so from the get go, it's kind of taken the side of like they attacked us. Yeah, like we rocked up on their land, but they attacked us. They're the bad people. Yeah, yeah. And even looking at the way that this film is described, so um, let's actually, if you've never seen the film before, this is how. The film is described on two different websites. This is what I like to do. Uh, Here we go. Here we go. So I've pulled up, uh, once again, I've got IMDb today and Disney Wiki. So IMDb is super short. Uh, It simply says this. 
An English soldier and the daughter of an Algonquin chief share a romance when English colonists invade 17th century Virginia. Might, okay, cool, yeah, the word invade is in there. Mm, yeah. Nice, nice. Then over to Disney Wiki, we've got Pocahontas is the titular protagonist of the film of the same name. She is the daughter of Chief Powhatan, the leader of the Native American tribe in Virginia. With a willfully bold spirit, she formed a forbidden friendship with the English settler named John Smith, with whom she would fall in love. Unfortunately, a difference in values sparks a war between the natives and the settlers, endangering her home. Inspired by her love for Smith, she is driven to bring peace and unity to the two worlds before battle can unfold. A difference in values. Oh, fuck. In, in, that, in that one values their right to live on the land they inhabit and the other values their right to come in and steal everything. Yeah, they value their right to not be just shot in the head for existing. <laughs> well, this, is, this, uh, this reminds me, uh, I wrote this down because I watched this on Disney+. Plus. I don't know how you watched it. Yeah, same. And um, usually- on any sort of streaming service, there's like a little blurb as you enter, as you click into the movie, there's like a little blurb as to what the movie's about. Mm. This is the blurb on Disney Plus for Pocahontas. <clears throat> Free-spirited Pocahontas must find her own path. I'm sorry. Where's the That's it. Is that <laughs> it? That's it. That's it. <laughs> I, I I clicked into the movie and then my brain sort of registered. I went, hang on, I've got to go back and fucking read that. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, it's sort of like, um, <laughs> you know, when you're trying to write a letter and you just go through all these options and then you end up with the most basic bitch sentence. Yeah. You're like, that'll do. <laughs> I mean, it's not technically incorrect. <laughs> I just imagine someone was like, the, some poor Disney like uh, intern or something was furiously typing away like five minutes to midnight and this is the deadline for all of the blurbs to be up and they're like, Pocahontas, quick, what is it? And they've started writing out this like actual blurb. They've only gotten in free spirit of Pocahontas must find her own path before the deadline is hit the deadline, and they've been cut out of like, the website. Quick, what was Mo Moana about? We'll just use that. You know. <laughs> oh, fuck. This film is so weird because they've put so much money into it and we spoke on the Lion King episode about how it was the Lion King was like the B team and this was the A team. But Lion King is so much better. I just it's so much better. I'm so stunned by it. Like you've got this. Uh, look, I really liked the the pairing of uh, Mencken and Schwartz in this. I think that Schwartz mm. lyrics in some of the songs are phenomenal. Mm. Um, and I think that the the Mencken's music is always really nice. It's just not the best that we've seen from him so far. I, I actually find the music in this quite derivative of The Little Mermaid in places. Yeah, it is I a little bit because you've got like a fabulous The two opening numbers are very song. similar. Yeah. yeah. There's quite yeah. a bit of underscoring that sounds like it was ripped straight out of Mermaid as well. Yeah. So it's still beautiful but this was not his best work. No, no. And I just like – I don't want to spend too much time talking about him, but Mel Gibson in this movie, I found his accent work so confusing because he's this British guy, but he's almost gone into his like his Australian, Australian accent, accent. Yeah. Which we only really hear in Mad Max in any of his films. Like he 
moved to America pretty quickly. He started appearing in American films and doing an American accent. So to hear him rocking up in this and being like, oh, we're going to go take Virginia, eh? Are we? <laughs> like that's, it was very like jarring. Mm. Uh, I oh, thought the same thing. Settle down, Thomas. I'll dive in and get ya. <laughs> like it's just, uh, yeah. Uh, Pocahontas, you're going to come back and live with me in London, huh? Like, <laughs> um, it's very jarring. So it's such a weird film. It, it, is. Sh- it should be so much better than it is, given all of those things that we've spoken about. But it's just, it's just not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't hate this film by any means, but no, no. But yeah, looking at from the perspective of this was the one that all the money and the resources went into, mm. it is astounding. Yeah, that it's nowhere near what the Lion King was when that was the B film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, without like harping too much more on the on the kind of like problematic sides of this, because at the end of the day, we're two white people still commenting on it, so we can't yeah, speak from yeah. experience. But um, very, uh, it, it's kind of the issue that they consistently had, where they they used trips to the place and research inverted commas as mm. their way of saying, yeah, we did our best. Yeah. So we just we just went there for a couple of weeks and we did our research and that's how we've given our most authentic representation. So it was a, it was sort of more about consultation than employment. Yeah. So instead of employing people who, you know, uh, yeah. represent the people in your work, it's just we'll just consult with them and then we'll we'll interpret that our way. And they actually um on one of their trips to Jamestown, they met Shirley Little Dove Castello McGowan. And they invited her to be a consultant on the film and she was very happy to do it for free but they paid her anyway. Mm. Um, But at the end of the day, they ignored so much of what she suggested and so so much of her input to the point where she actually was – she went out in public and said, I'm ashamed that my name's even on this film. Yeah, right. Because it looks like, you know, she's given them – the, the permissions to do all these things when in actual fact there are a lot of things that she said should be done differently or represented differently and they just ignored mm. her advice. Yeah. Um, and then in the uh, making of documentary that came out about this film, they actually don't mention her at all. Instead they talk about Russell Means who plays uh, the chief mm. and because he's a Native American and he has gone on record saying there are things that he had issues with in the film. Yeah, right. But in this documentary, he's really proud to be involved and doesn't say anything about it. But they they act like he was the only consultant on the film mm. um, because the actual consultants they used, they pretty much ignored. Yeah, right. Mm. So yeah. that's where a lot of the problems came from. Look, just looking at the screenwriters for a second, there are actually some quite big screenwriters as well. Um so you, the, the written by credits are Carl Binder, who had a hand in writing a bunch of Stargate SG-1, which is one of my favourite TV shows of all time. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but um, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. You've got Susanna Grant, who most famously wrote Aaron Brockovich and uh, oh. won a bunch of awards for that. Mm. And then you've got Philip Lezebnik, who wrote a lot of movies. Like he wrote... Pocahontas, Mulan, Prince of Egypt, Road to El Dorado. A lot of ethnic movies in there. Yeah. Yeah. Is he, what was his name? Lezebnik. I think he is, doesn't say. 
Yeah, right. Doesn't say. But look, do you um, have anything else you want to talk about in this or should um, we jump no, into songs? I think I'll, I'll save, it, save it for the songs, I think. All right, easy done. Well, we'll take a quick break and then when we come back, we will talk about the songs. Hey, guys, it's Will here. First up, thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Your support gives us motivation and inspiration. If you want to join them over there where you can listen to a bunch of bonus episodes, head over to Patreon and search for Dissecting Disney Ditties or head over to patreon.com slash Dissecting Disney. We also have merch available now. What is the best Disney song t-shirts are now available in our Redbubble store. You'll find the link on our Facebook page or just search for us on Redbubble. Last of all, if you enjoyed this podcast, we would really appreciate likes, subscribes, rates and reviews in order for more people to find us. We need you to make our voices heard. So head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. That's it for now. Let's dive into the songs. I feel like that was much less chaotic than when I just wing it. So thank you for writing that. Shortest, <laughs> most succinct ad read. <laughs> when we started, uh, when we got onto the call to record, Stackers goes, oh, I've, I've, I've made a, an ad read for you. And at first I was resistant because I'm like, the people <laughs> like the chaos, surely. But having done it, it just feels like, it feels like that's cool. That's done. Now we can, uh, Patreon, now we can move on. Patreon, merch. Please share our podcast. And we do really, really mean that. The way that we get found is if you leave reviews, if you rate it, especially on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're a, if you're a listener, and I know we have quite a lot of loyal listeners uh, in Australia and around the world, as I've seen. In We're our, international, in our baby. We're international, baby. So if you do enjoy our show, please, uh, please um, like and rate and, and, and do all those things. I don't know, mm. stuff. Um, probably at some point I should go and write our own podcast. You know I, just I haven't either. I don't so think yeah. I've done that. <laughs> you should definitely do that. Hey, uh, <laughs> Stackers, if you enjoy this podcast, you should. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm terrible, but I will do that. And yeah. you should too. So uh, thank yeah. you. Um, okay. Let's jump into the music. I find this this song quite derivative of like the old like forties Disney movies like Sleeping Beauty yeah. that old school like men's chorus. Yeah, it is very men's chorusy, and something Angie said as well is that it's um it's almost like we're at the point now where we need an uh, its own category for like male opening songs because Frozen's got one, and then this has one, and then Fathoms <laughs> Below exists, which this song reminded me a lot of. But it also had that old school Disney feel to it in that it like instead of a book it started with like the painting and it zoomed in on the painting and then it became yeah real in quotation marks um yeah <laughs> so yeah very bizarre opening for like a modern film though yeah it, a very classic yes. opening um mm. which maybe contributed to my friend falling asleep in this movie so um yeah, yeah. but it really just felt like they're gonna go fathoms below yeah. below yeah. it's the same it's the same song it's the same and song. it has the same sort of like jauntiness almost like it's got like a beat to it like it's, it's a sea shanty yeah they're on a boat i'm on a cool. boat true um. true and pocahontas <laughs> would have been made so much better by the lonely island so yeah 
Um, but yeah, this is very like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean-esque. Yeah. Here we are. We're on a boat. We're going somewhere. We're wearing wigs. Actually, they're not wearing wigs. They're not wearing white wigs. Uh, they? No, they're not. These guys aren't. Is that like no. a historical inaccuracy in itself there? No. Because in Pirates of the Caribbean, they're wearing wigs. I feel we like- a different time. Yes. So we, we're about 200 years earlier. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. We didn't do it. <laughs> I feel like the white wigs came in at a very specific point in British More military 1800s, history. I think. Um, yeah, that so yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean is in the uh, maybe late seventeens, but somewhere around there, seventeen to eighteen hundreds. Um, yeah, yeah. But look, how did you rate the Virginia Company? Okay, I gave it a two for music, a one for lyrics, a one for animation, a one for uh, contribution, mm-hmm. a zero for cake. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, I rated it a little bit kinder. Um, I gave it a three for music and a two for lyrics, uh, a two for animation, a three for contribution, and a one for cake score. Yeah, right. Uh, I just gave it the three for contribution because, like, the lyrics, even though it's kind of boring, the lyrics do kind of explain who they are, where they're going, why they're going there, all that sort of shit. Um, But- yeah, like I can completely understand your scores and could very easily see myself giving them that sort of score as well in another lifetime, in the darkest another timeline. Life. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, something that John Smith says on the boat to Thomas is that he's, that he's you know, the, Thomas is saying, like, oh, we're going to go see the new world. What do you think it'll be like? And Tom, um, John's there going, oh, bloody hell, I've been to hundreds of new worlds and they're all the same. And all this sh- I'm like, how many fucking new worlds has he been to? How many new worlds is there? Isn't how old just are like you? one new world? I, I A thought, new world. Yeah. Like, isn't the new world just that continent? America, South America? Uh, hundreds of new worlds. Ah. I guess every, every time they... They travel across the sea and they see dirt. It's like, there's a new world. Yes, trees. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I and I guess that's that. his point. Yeah. It's just dirt and trees. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I get in my car and I drive 10 minutes up the road, I go, ah, the new world. <laughs> <It's> new world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's, look, that's the Virginia Company. There's a, there's a reprise in there and something that I found uh, interesting. I read a little tidbit that um, Mel Gibson sings most of his own stuff in this, which you oh, can yeah. kind of tell because it's not great singing. <laughs> it's but- a bit Mamma Mia-esque. Yeah. A, a little bit. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I give him a little bit of props for that because, like, fucking Matthew Broderick didn't even sing his own stuff in Still The Lion King one. and he is a singer. Yeah, but I don't think that was by choice. Something tells me that wasn't by choice. Do you think so? There's no way he would have said, I can't sing, and then he ends up on Broadway. Like, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe they just didn't like his voice. But then again, the guy that sings... Simba sounds like him. I, I don't know. Yeah. And look, it was a very, I mean, Matthew Broderick has a very sort of nasally type singing voice. So maybe they were just like, we don't want you singing it. Can you feel the love tonight? Well, no, he sings that one line in Hakuna Matata. Oh, yeah. And he sings that one verse in Can You Feel. There's not much. So many things to tell her. Uh, He's not like his voice. Stop being mean. <laughs> On to Steady is the Beating Drum.
And now is the time we get to play Where is Liz Calloway? You welcome Liz Calloway. Liz Calloway. Liz Calloway. It's Liz Calloway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Liz Calloway. Where is Liz Calloway, Where Stackers? Where is Liz Calloway? Okay, so um, she still hasn't made it. You know, we tried for Beauty and the Beast, yeah. we didn't get it. We tried for Aladdin, we didn't get it. Um, and we tried for this and we didn't get it, but we did get offered a bit in the chorus. And here she is in all her glory, pretending to be a Native American. I, this song is so incredibly boring. And it's, it's such a shame because we talked about how, like, in in a way, this is trying to be a progressive film. It's, it, you know, the, but they're just such fucking boring songs. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So, I don't know what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> so incredibly boring. <laughs> um. But look, maybe that's just because this is the second sort of like marchy, beaty song we've had in a row almost. Like, you know, Virginia Company is a da, 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 and this is very much like da, 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 da. Will you yeah. get on with this song? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel really bad saying that. Look, I'll, I'll just jump straight into my scores. I rated it at a two for music and lyrics, but I want to point a caveat in there that I- Desperately tried to find out if this was actual Algonquian, which is the the. It is. I, I believe is is it actually Algonquian? Yeah, it is. There was a um, I think it was on Reddit. There was a Q and A. No, it was on his actual page. There was a Q and A yeah. uh, with Stephen Schwartz, and someone asked about the opening of this, and he said, oh, "Yeah, cool. he didn't make up a single lyric, so he couldn't remember what the exact translation was anymore." But he yeah. said very affirmatively, I did not make up any words. I made sure that everything I wrote was legit Algonquian. Awesome. In that case, I'm raising my lyrics to three. Cool. Because, um, that, yeah, I just I couldn't find a confirmation, so I'm glad yeah, you did. Yeah, straight and away, I'm, I'm I really flag. I was like, is this another Peter Pan situation? <laughs> I was terrified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> terrified. No, I think we um, learned so- from those mistakes. Yeah, so two for music, three for lyrics, uh, three for animation, uh, th- again, a three for contribution and a one for cake. And again, my, my contribution is just very much the same as it was for Virginia Company. It sets up the dynamic of the tribe. It tells us who they are, what they do, how they live. I don't yeah. think it's a great song, but it gets that props at least. Yeah, I, I like. I find this slightly better than the opening number. It's just a little yeah. more like memorable I guess catchy yeah okay I don't remember I've already forgotten the Virginia company and we listened to it like you know three minutes ago um so (laughs) I actually gave this I gave it two for music and two for lyrics because even though there's like accuracy in the opening line I still don't think they're like overwhelming uh and then I gave it a one for animation contribution and cake because I get it setting up the the people and I get that it's like a a call and response between the Virginia company and this and all mm. I could say was like, cool. Yeah. No, fair <laughs> enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I guess just upon reflection now, it is interesting that they are setting up that um, 
we're two sides of the same coin type viewpoint that they are going to take into the end. Yeah. Um, so in, in that sense, it's kind of interesting. Um, but as we've already discussed, it's it's oversimplifying this horrific time in history. So I'm not going to pay too much attention, but it is interesting now just thinking back. That's cool that they're sort of flipping, like they're just showing the similarities. Yeah. Know. And there is a very, very short reprise. It's like two or three lines that comes after yeah. this, which I'm mm. guessing you didn't write because it was so short. I did not, know. Yeah, I didn't either, but I actually loved it. So it's when um, the chief sings it, and I, I think he uses mm. different lyrics to he the first does. version. But I found it really powerful when he sang it. As the river cuts his path, though the river's proud and strong, Um, yeah, right. But it just wasn't rateable because he only sings like two or three lines and then that's it. It just goes into dialogue. Um, guess who is the singing voice of the chief? I do know this. Oh, it's um, Be Prepared Dude, isn't it? Yeah, it's, the it's Jim Cummings. Jim yeah. Cummings, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that, no, you're right. That, that, that is that is a very everything. He can. He can. You're right. It, it, it's a very pretty reprise. Um, but, yeah, no, I didn't rate it. Now on to, you know, the, the good songs of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the first of the two songs that you will know. <laughs> so this is Just Around the River Bend. What I love most about rivers is you can't step in the same river twice. The water's always changing, always flowing. But people, I guess, can't live like that. We all must pay a price. To be safe, we lose our chance of ever knowing. What's around the river bend? Waiting just around the river bend. I look once more just around the river bend beyond the shore where the gulls fly free. Don't know what for. What I dreamed the day might send just around the river bend for me. Oh, this song is so good. It is. It's so good. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't rate it flat five. No, Will, how could you not? What did you, I, what, what, where? It where? almost, almost flat fives. Four for animation. Oh, but she's on the canoe and the yeah, water. Just, and yeah, it. Almost. Almost. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, I found it a little bit too literal. Like, I don't know. This is a really hard score, a hard category, I think, is the animation category. Because sometimes it'll be that it's really interesting animation or sometimes it'll be that it's really, like, jaw-dropping, uh, breathtaking animation or that it's, like, it's setting up a, 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 um, a, tr- a, a, what am I trying to say, like a trope or something. It's it's setting up something. This time I just found it a little bit too literal with what she was singing. Yeah. Um, the, ver- the, the bit that got me the most excited was... And again, it is kind of literal, but when she comes to the fork in the river 
and yeah. she's looking, do I take the smoothest course or do I take this bit? Uh, and then she chooses the the more exciting path, you know? Like, um, that's the bit I found most exciting. Everything else I just found a little bit too, a little bit too like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. She's yeah. just rowing again, rowing I again. I think um, this, is, this is one of my favourite I Want songs, like in the Disney yeah. catalogue. I, I yeah. love it. I think it, because we really don't know anything about Pocahontas before this song. We yeah. kind of see she's my daughter and she's a free spirit and the like wind blows in her hair, but she mm. doesn't say anything. And then yeah. the next time we see her is when um, the chief tells her, oh, you're going to marry Cocoaum. And mm. she doesn't say too much there. And then bang, we go straight into this song. So I think yeah. this song does such an amazing job. Amazing job. This is the first time I cried. I just burst into tears in this song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is uh, you understand so much about who she is, what she wants, and then it's all so exciting and it's very like Moana-esque and I have no doubt that How Far I'll Go has pulled from this song. Um, yeah. But when she does hit that um, the fork in the river, musically it just goes foomph and you've got like yeah. a solo. I, th- I don't know, it sounds like it might be a horn or something. It's just holding a note. And she goes into that, do I choose the smoothest course? Mm. That is steady as the beating drum. It's the same melody that you heard before. So she's singing yeah, the song of yeah. her people and it, it never goes back to being big. It just hangs on that question. Do you mm. still wait for me, Dream Giver, just around the river bend? And I just find that moment so goosebumpy and beautifully written that it's not like let's have the question and go back into the action kind of like, more, yeah, like yeah. Um, how – Moana does this just hangs on the question and by the end of it you really feel for her already and all she's Mm. done is sing sing at you for three minutes should I choose the smoothest course steady as the beating drum should I marry Cocoaum is all my dreaming I think it, it's beautifully written. The scoring in this is so gorgeous. The uh, that transitional music that we heard in that clip just between the chorus and what's going to be verse two when the mm. flutes come in because um, Menken loves loves high woodwinds and, um, you know, chimes and bells and things. It's just so beautiful. I should uh, probably mention a couple of things here. First of all, Judy Kuhn is the voice of Pocahontas. She is a Broadway superstar most recently i'm most obsessed with her playing the mother in fun home welcome to our house on maple avenue around this time she'd played florence and chest she chess she was the original cosette on broadway in les mis how strange this feeling that my life's begun at last this change can people really fall in love so fast Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. Which when you think about Cosette and then um, uh, Florence in chess and then this, mm. totally different voicings. That Completely, woman is, totally different. It's yeah. just a masterclass in vocal technique when it comes to her. Um, yeah. She was actually cast first before they'd cast who was going to voice Pocahontas speaking-wise. Yeah, and they okay. said to her, if we can't find a Native American actress who vocally in their speaking voice can match you in your singing voice, you're also going to speak Pocahontas's dialogue. Thank goodness they <laughs> found Irene. Um, yeah, yeah. Because that 
that would have been all kinds of problematic. Um, but it's just That's really interesting. They, they built the character around character around her. Yeah. It was like, we've yeah. got this character. We want her to sing it. Now do everything else. She was the first person they cast. Mm. So the lyrics are by Stephen Schwartz. Now, this was the first time that these two had been glued together. So obviously um, Howard Ashman has died and on the previous film we had Tim Rice come in and do yeah. lyrics. So this was meant to be an Alan Menken, Tim Rice movie. But the problem was Tim Rice was too busy flying around the world all the time doing all kinds of things on Broadway. So he just yeah. became too difficult to pin down. So instead, Stephen Schwartz, who was quite popular at the time, so by this stage he's done Godspell, Pippin, Children of Eden, Rags, mm. uh, Working, yeah. and he's kind of becoming like the, the – he was kind of like the 70s, 80s pop voice of Broadway. Mm. Um, and so they said, oh, we'll, we'll use him, and he was actually a really, really good fit, and he went on to do a few other things with Alan Menken. But yeah. what I find really interesting is when you think about the style of Stephen Schwartz, his style before this film of writing music, now he only did lyrics for this film, okay? Yeah. But yeah. musically it was very small. It was like small bands, very mm. 70s, 80s, like synths, a rock kind of small rock bands. When you hear like the original Godspell and the original Pippin, it's really small yeah. illustration. Yeah. Then we hit 1995, and he works on Pocahontas with Disney. And all of a yeah. sudden, he's in a room with a you know magnificent, huge orchestra. Mm. The next show that he scores on Broadway in 2003 is Wicked. And if you look at the orchestration of Wicked compared to like Pippin or Godspell in its original form, not Revival, and you go, how do we make this jump? Pocahontas is sitting in the middle of it. Yeah. So it was Pocahontas and then um, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame went to Germany as a stage show. Yep. Which he did the um, lyrics of and the movie obviously hasn't come out yet between, yep. you know, here. But um, but then he goes and does Wicked on Broadway and just the mm. orchestration suddenly is full of strings and it's thick yeah. and lush. And you can kind of see it's because of that exposure of working the room You'd suddenly mm. be so inspired to like, what can I write that <laughs> would yeah. sound like this? And yeah, Wicked yeah. does sound very Disney. Yeah, yeah. Very Disney. It's interesting because in my head, Mencken and Schwartz make perfect sense as a writing duo. Mm. So the fact that they haven't done more than this and I think Hunchback was the only other thing that they worked on together, I think, mm. um, the fact that they didn't do more is kind of criminal because the where when they both let loose and really shine, it is pretty magic. And because uh, the thing is, they are both incredible composer lyricists in their own right. They mm. both can carry mm. their own scores. Yeah, and they have. They just happen to have sort of like now similar ways of writing. Before this, I wouldn't have really. Oh, I guess if you look at Little Shop, 
Yeah, a little bit. I, I feel like they've sort of followed the same sort of paths and ended up in yeah. the same sort of realms. And apparently they are still absolute best friends. I, I kind of ship that. I, I'd love to I'd love to be on, like a fly on the wall when yeah, Mencken and Schwartz me. get together for a cup of I'll tea. I'll cook the you entrees, know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is interesting that you draw that comparison with like Little Shop into, say, Little Mermaid because Schwartz, as you said, was doing a lot of really small stuff. But then his major solo thing after after his collaborations with Mengen is The Prince of Egypt, I believe, which has this incredibly lush score as mm. well. So, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, that's my my fun little little tidbit. Um, so, yeah, obviously I, I rated this flat fives. I, I, I just oh, – I, I could listen to this song. I actually like this song at – I, I think this is my favourite song in the show. It's, it's one of my favourite songs in the Disney catalogue. I love it. Yep. No, yeah. fair enough. Uh, moving on to Listen With Your Heart. Yeah, it's quite pretty. I I was so very good. mean to that in my initial scoring, so I've just changed a couple of things then because I think that's very very pretty. It is stunning. Now, this is the song that I was obsessed with when I was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I would run around my backyard just going "Qui qui natura," you will understand. Mm. I don't know why, but I found that lyric and that melody so soothing and comforting mm, to it me. It is very like lullaby -y. Oh, and that orchestration is so beautiful. Mm. There's such this beautiful contrast between these really low strings and these really high like glockenspiel bell-like instruments, which mm. leads, and this soprano line at the start, which leaves so much space bass musically in the middle for the grandmother's line. Mm. Oh, this orchestration in this song is stunning. I love it so much. Would you like to go first? Um, no, I'll go first this time. You go Get first. out of the way. Here I go. <laughs> um, I rated it at a four for music, uh -huh. a three for lyrics, animation and contribution, and a one for cake. All right. Um, so I gave this a four for music, a three and a half for lyrics, animation and contribution and a mm -hmm. five for cake only oh, because okay. that's, this is the song I remembered as a kid. No, nah, fair enough. Fair enough. And yeah. I think it's because the melody is so simple. Yeah. It's, it's really earwormy and you hear it all the time. Anytime mm. that, um, Pocahontas, it becomes kind of the, the, the motif choice almost, motif, or? kind oh, yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, Every yeah. time yeah. that she's faced with a choice, you yeah. hear this melody. Yeah. And um, yeah, I find it really powerful. There's quite a few different motifs in this in this movie. This is this and the if I never knew you, oh, the love motif, because the song's not yeah. the show. Um 
are probably the two strongest ones. Mm. But, yeah, oh, it's so, so pretty. Um, I'm not sure if it's her singing it. Um, I want to just check. No, uh, look, I looked it up. I think it is. Yeah. It's Linda Hunt. Yeah. 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 Who I did not realise is um, the, I, I didn't know her by name, but she's the the little old principal in Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. I'll be watching you. <laughs> she looks like Edna Mode. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she does. She does. Surely that was the inspiration, right? It's, it's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. <laughs> no caps. <laughs> Um, yeah, but no, apparently it is her. It's just her listed as the voice actor, so I'm assuming yeah. that yeah, she does the singing as well, which oh, is awesome. So delicate. Is it in this segment, sort of around this time, where we where John Smith and Pocahontas meet? It's it's near there, yeah. So he's gonna yeah. he's gonna kill her, yeah, in the waterfall thing, and then he finds yeah, that's her, right. and that somehow image- we end up at the tree. That animation of her in the mist, oh. sta- like cr- crouching on the rock that she then stands up, yeah. it's such a stunning animation moment that I mm. wish it was part of a song so I could like rate it highly. Yeah. It's just such a beautiful shot, that misty. Yeah, it's definitely the hero shot of the film and it ca- it was really funny. Tim, yeah. Tim said, she's so attractive and- it made me laugh because when they were designing this film, Katzenberg said she has to be the most incredible yeah. looking being you've ever seen. She has yeah. to be beautiful and she really is. And, yeah, and it's in she's that quite, moment. She's quite muscular. Like she's been animated with like a strength yeah. that is really, really attractive. Yeah. Um, so I, I I get what they were going for. Yeah, she's got this like, yeah, very strong physique. Yeah, so pretty. Um, but then we come to the next song, which is the, uh, <laughs> I think it's quite a fun time. Uh, mine, mine, mine. My rival's back home. It's not that I'm bitter, but think how they squirm when they see how I glitter. The ladies of court will be on Twitter. The king will reward me. He'll knight me. No, Lord, may it's mine, mine, mine for the taking. It's My dear friend, King Jimmy, will probably build me a shrine when all of the gold is mine. Da fathoms below, fathoms below, boys below, boys. This, this song is gets the me same so jazzed. Song. It's the same song. I love this song so much. It's so dumb, but I can't explain it. I fucking love it. It gets me so worked up and jazzed, and I just, it makes me so happy. It's and the same song. The bit where Mel Gibson comes in and sings, you know, all of my life I have searched <laughs> for a land. It's like, it's just, you, I cannot justify my love for this song, but I fucking love it so and if, much. If ever we were to talk about queer-coded villains again. Absolutely, yes. A, like, Absolutely. Ratcliffe gold- is... Very is a very cool villain. I quite like him as a villain um, because, it, yeah, he he sort of embodies all of that thing, all the the things that we find gross about colonization and stuff like that. He he is the embodiment of all of that shit. So yeah, he, wor- he really works for me for this movie. I really love the moment where he opens his cloak 
or cape thing and it's all gold and yeah. sparkly underneath. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's just like it's a non-threatening villain song, which I guess is weird. Mm. It's like an I want song but a villain song. But a villain I want song. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But I really like, and it's it's such a small thing, but I really like the like- uh, is it wordplay of mine? Like he's saying, it's it's all mine. You've got to mine. It's like uh, you've got to <laughs> mine the land, but it's my land. And I, I really, really love that sort of uh, that wordplay. I feel like this melody belongs somewhere else. That one that goes da 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 da. That's a that's another song. Da 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 da. I don't know, in post I'll work out what that song is and I'll put that Mel Gibson clip and whatever that is next yeah. to it. But I swear to God I've heard this music before. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> look, if you don't happen to find it, <laughs> listeners, hit us up. What is this song? It's a musical theatre. It's definitely musical theatre. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you're right. The way, the way you say it, it, makes, it does sound familiar. I just can't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Uh, what did you rate this song? I gave it a two and a half for music because <laughs> it's it's cool, but I feel like I've heard it before. Yeah, okay, okay. Like it's fathoms below and whatever that da 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 da. I'll work out what that song is, and then you're like, oh my god, yeah, it's 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 ripped off. It um, sounds almost like Into the Woods. Uh, There's like a the horns in Into the Woods. Do, 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 do. Uh, yeah, the like Prince horns. I don't know. It's a it's a male singer. I know it's a male singer. Anyway, uh, two for lyrics, three for animation, four for contribution. Because although I don't love it, I completely get the point of it. And one for Kate because I don't remember anything other than fine boys. <laughs> <laughs> I desperately wanted to give this song flat fives. Oh, I really, really wanted to, but I didn't. I didn't. I took I, I, I took a, a stance for the podcast and for the people. Yeah. So I gave it a five for music and lyrics. Oh, my God. And a five for animation. And I gave it a three for contribution and a two for cake. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. I can breathe because the last two scores weren't as... <laughs> Overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it's one of those things where, like, I heard Listen With Your Heart and I was like, I want to give this flat fives. But that was one of the rare instances where I really went, take your emotions and your sentimental value out of it yeah. and rate it fairly because I just I adore that song. But, um, look, you know, I can understand that if, you know, the local – the local production company was doing Pocahontas, you would flat out be in there with a cape. <laughs> I would I would eat Ratcliffe for breakfast. I would destroy it. I would, yeah, I love it so much. This role is mine, the boy is mine. <laughs> I brought my own cape. I hope that's okay, guys. <laughs> um but yeah, look, that's uh, that's that's a fun song. And then we come to the second song that you will definitely know from this movie. Colors of the Wind. You think you own whatever land you land on. The earth is just a dead thing you can claim. But I know every rock and tree and creature has a life, has a spirit, has a name. Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? Or ask the grinning bobcat why he Oh, 
this is when I cried. Yeah, really? Yeah, I, this song is stunning. I, I, I won many a talent competition singing this song. Yeah? Yeah. You would. Was, you would smash the, the shit song. out of this. Yeah. This was I, the song. When I was a teenager, this was the song at every competition. Yeah. I um I I sat there and I listened and I had a, a tear roll down my cheek. It's beautiful. It's the lyrics in this are just oh my god. It's so so to the point. And the yeah. animation in this. Yeah. Oh my god, the yeah. the spirit leaves that oh, it's so yeah. pretty. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh which is why it gets flat, flat fives. fives. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Uh, there's nothing I can really say about it. It's 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 phenomenal. Uh, Judy Coon just soars in this yeah. song. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I 100% agree. You can't fault it. And lyrically, like you said, it's so it hits right where it needs to. Mm. I feel like Stephen Schwartz has really put in so much effort to mm. make this song meaningful. Yeah. And this was the big pop song. Vanessa Williams did a cover that was everywhere of this song. Um, I have a real gripe with it uh, in, in pop culture though. Yeah. So I've accompanied many singing concerts over the years for mm. many different schools and singing teachers and whatever. This song yeah. is always there. It's always yeah. there. Yeah. Yet I've always played it for white students, which is fine. You can sing it if you're white, but if you're white and if you're teaching a white student, for God's sake, please cut the opening verse. You cannot have a white student get up and sing this. You think I'm an ignorant savage. And every time, I remember the last time I played it for um, for a singing concert and the, the girl was like eight, nine years old and... They threw the sheet music in front of me. It was a rehearsal. And I just said, oh, so I'm assuming we're skipping the start. We're just going straight to da-da-da-da-da. And the scene teacher said, oh, no, we're singing the whole thing. And I just sort of stared at him like, are you mm. are you sure about that? Like you're ba- it's it's as weird as watching a, a white girl go, the night is black as my skin. It's like, yeah, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. This song isn't necessary. The opening verse is about race. The opening verse is about race. You yeah, think because yeah. I'm, a, you know, I'm black that, you know, I'm a savage yeah. is what she's saying. But then beyond that, it's it's it can be interpreted quite broadly as just a song about, you know, stop stop knocking down trees and, yeah. you know, commercialising and, you know, killing killing mm. the world basically. Yeah. So you don't need that opening verse. It doesn't lose anything if you lose that opening verse. Get get rid of it. If you're teaching it to white kids, get rid of it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Kills me. I hear. I hear. Kills me. But the song is beautiful. And this is, I think, Schwartz's finest lyric works in the whole damn movie. It's yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. But there's I nothing mean, really more to say about it. The irony of the fact that I just said all that and it's sung by a white woman it does not escape. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we, we know, we but, know. But, uh, yeah, that aside, yeah, this song is is faultless. Mm. So just like just around the river bend, but screw you for giving mm. it one fall. <laughs> <Yee>. <laughs> but look, then we come to the last song in the movie. The skins are hellish dead. They're only good when dead. They're vermin, as I said, and worse. They're savages, savages. They're even human savages, savages. Drive them from our shore. They're not 
like you and me, which means they must be evil. We must stop them from all war. They're savages, savages, dirty redskin devils. Now we stop them from all war. Look, it's an it, it's an epic song. The it scoring is, is beautiful. Oh, it's off the chain. The scoring um, in this song. It's so tense, like it builds so wonderfully to this, like to this clash between the two, the two cultures. Yeah, like the t- the tension building in this song is stunning, and the that when in in I think it's technically part two, but we're just including it all as one. When Pocahontas comes in singing her line over this, like, um, oh uh, yeah, the, the building, it's just so good. so good yeah the Um, kind of final countdown moment of the show um so this uh role was originally um meant to be richard white who was the voice of gaston which role sorry uh ratcliffe sorry oh okay right yeah um but they decided that when they heard him it it sounded to gaston like yeah it sounded like the same villain and when i hear savages I think of um, the mob song in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is, it's got a similar sort of like build and tension. Yeah. yeah, especially with that it's time to follow me. It's kind yeah. of got that same kind of intention. Um, but, yeah, I understand why they decided to go um, with a different actor, funnily enough, an actor from the same movie. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no, it just it's... sort of makes you go, Cogsworth could have been Gaston. Wouldn't it be? Yeah. <laughs> There is a close parallel universe that that is the exact case. Um, So, like, I thought a lot about this song and I thought a lot about whether we needed to uh, deduct any points or anything. I am happy to have that conversation with you. I don't know that we do need to um, Mm. because it's unlike something like uh, what makes the red man red in Peter Pan. It's not really perpetuating a stereotype. No. As an as a norm, it's more these are bad people thinking bad things about their their enemy, and you know we've we've yeah. talked about the whole simplification of the the situation all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm happy to readdress that if you'd like, but I think that's where I'm sort of coming from in yeah. this song. Yeah, I think what the intention was was to show that the the colonists colonists that a word col- col- colonists colonists are the bad guys here, yeah, right? Because yeah. they're saying really horrible things yeah. about, about you know, the colour of their skin and they're, they're not even human, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The line that really stuck out to me as, oh, nah, you've missed the mark there, dude, was um, oh, there's the, the man in the tribe, he's like kind of like a witch doctor. Yeah, yeah. He, he brings up the images of the, the men with the guns and stuff. He yep. sings a line in this that says they're different from us, which means they can't be trusted. Yeah. And I just don't think at all that that is what the American natives, were, were, that's where they were coming from. No. Or they're different from us, so they can't be trusted. That is absolutely no. 
what the other side was saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. the the savages, the natives, they're different from us, so they can't be trusted. Yeah. Whereas the the natives, and when you think about, you know, this is this is anywhere, this is America, this is Canada, this is Australia. Yeah. You know, it's more like, why are they here and trying to kill us? Is their question. Like they can't be trusted because they're trying to kill us. Not because yeah. they're different from us, you know? And uh, you know what? What happened is America in America is they went there, they killed them, and then they killed the rest of them with disease. Like it was the white man that couldn't be trusted. So I find that lyric really weird to yeah. have. No, it is. You're right. It is a. It's. It is a missed point. It's the missed point that you've said. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's that whole one step forward, two steps back thing that we were talking about earlier. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, I was like, oh, I get it, but I think you just didn't nail it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, fine line, fine line to walk. Very fine line and they don't often hit it. Um, yeah. So I rated this song at a five for music yep. and a three for lyrics. I did exactly the same thing. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. musically, um, amazing. For all of the reasons we've said, it's yeah. wonderful tension building. Um, I rated it at a five for animation. Yeah. Um, purely because of the, like the the sort of the storm clouds from both sides coming out over to clash in the sky. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a four for contribution and a two for cake. Right. Um, very, very close to me. I gave it a mm. five for music, three for lyrics, four for animation, four for contribution, one for cake. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. R- really quite an amazing sequence. It just, yeah, it – it, it's just a little bit cringy in points. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's sort of like it ends the movie, like this is the last song in the movie, but then the movie kind of goes on for a couple minutes more. Ratcliffe is, um, shoots John Smith, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Pocahontas. Uh, it's, it's like this is what annoys me, right? Yeah. It, it's sort of like the film is trying to shinily say, you know, we were in the wrong, you know, the mm. uh, but – it still comes down to the white John Smith was the hero of the day because yeah, yeah. he took a bullet for the chief. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then the bit that sort of like didn't sit really well with me as well is that at the end it sort of is given like this hopeful ending like, oh, maybe I'll see you again someday and we'll live happily ever after and all this sort of stuff. It's like, no, 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 you're about to go through – 400 years of, of suffering and, and pain. Like, yeah, you're all going to yeah. die of disease. Um, yeah, yeah. And not to mention there's a sequel to this film where she does move to England. Dear God. It's apparently woeful. Um, yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> let's never cover that on Patreon. Yeah, and what's worse is that she moves to England and she ends up marrying um, the the guy that murdered her. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, like. <laughs> no. Nah. No, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! But that's um, uh, that's Pocahontas from 1995. Yeah, that is. So, um, uh, interesting. There is a scene near the end of this film where the chief is going to kill John Smith, and Pocahontas mm. throws herself on top of John to protect him. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's a very um, it's hotly contended whether or not that actually happened. Uh, from what I've read from Native American accounts, they said it was actually impossible because one, she was 10 years old. Yeah. Um, and so two, she wouldn't have been allowed anywhere near where something like that was happening. Mm. And three, according to the white historical accounts of this, it was they were making him a leader, which they did, 
And all of a sudden, as part of that ceremony, he was in danger and <laughs> and the Native American tribes are going, what? <laughs> just, Why? I, I, I just imagine him sitting around the campfire and being like, oh, they tried to kill me, didn't they? Oh, no. And yeah, so. John, um, put the beer down, mate. And in the in the making of Disney, the, the creators do say, oh, you know, it, it's not certain whether or not that actually happened. So we had creative liberties there. And I'm like, of course yeah. you fucking did. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, so yeah, white man is the savior. He saves the chief and there's peace and we've solved racism and, um, and the movie's over. Yeah. It's kind of, I feel like there's some really beautiful moments in this film. Mm. I Mm. adore that kind of like first third of the film Mm. and then it all kind of just goes downhill from there and it's, yeah. Um, but, uh, very notably there is a song that was cut from this. Do you have information on it? I do not know. Okay, so there was I a- should have. I, I've forgotten my job, Stackers. <laughs> what do I do in this podcast? All right. Introducing Songs from the Cutting Room Floor. Songs from the Cutting Room, Songs from the Cutting Room, Songs from the Cutting Room Floor. Now, I didn't do a hell of a lot of research on this because I thought you would talk about it, but um, <laughs> there is a, uh, a love duet in this movie called If I Never Knew You, and it was- cut from the film because it was deemed kind of like unnecessary weight that was added and it just like drew out the scene. But we, um, funnily enough, when she uh, meets John in the tent and he's tied up um, and she's basically telling him it's going to be okay and he's telling her it's going to be okay, um, you hear If I Never Knew You playing in the background on strings and it's really, really beautiful um, and it feels like they're going to burst into song, but they don't. And you can almost tell where it was cut out of, where it looks like yeah. they're about to start singing. And then it sort of cuts to her leaving the tent and the motif just rounds out like it does in like Aladdin in A Whole New World. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so here's a little snippet of it. If I never knew you, if I never felt this love, I would have no inkling of how precious life can be. For if I never There's knew no you, moment I, I regret since the moment that I would we have met. No if our time has gone too fast, I've lived. So first of all, he sounds horrendous in it. Um, yeah, she she's great. It just yeah, it, it's the first wise decision in a long time where I've heard a song that like the song's not bad, but it yeah we didn't need it. Yeah. And it's okay. weird because it would have happened. They they found because I think they had like three or four songs that were going to go here, and they just cut them all. And then if I never knew you made it in, and then they mm. decided it it was weird because right after this is when um Kokowum uh, no, Kokowam's just died. Yeah. To yeah. like launch into this love bell. It's kind of very West Side Story-esque. Mm, <laughs> you killed mm. my brother. Now let's sing about love. Um Yeah. And so they got they got rid of it. Um but then in a theatrical re-release, they actually put it back in. So on the DVD, yeah, it's okay. it's actually back in, which is why I thought on Disney Plus it would be there, but I guess it's like human again. 
because you watched Beauty and the Beast yeah. on Disney Plus. I watched the DVD. I got human again. You didn't. Yeah. So I'm assuming if one of us watched the DVD, we would have seen If I Never Knew You. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. It's weird. That, why, why do that, Disney? <laughs> Just stick to your guns. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I didn't rate it. Um, Neither did I. But, yeah, it's worth noting because some people would go, you didn't rate it. It's in my version. So (laughs) (laughs) that's why it's just not – I know we rated Human Again, but Human Again was kind of good for the first, you know, minute. Um, (laughs) Come at us, you nerds. Whereas this is just a generic 90s pop ballad and, you know, it's not going to beat a whole new world, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Well, Stackers, you know what time it is. Um. So, so this is a bit of a weird anecdote because it's not really related to the movie at all. Is it about it's, dinosaurs? <laughs> it's not about dinosaurs, no, but it's related to dinosaurs. So, s- semi-spoilers for Jurassic World if you're not- Well, no, actually, it's not really a spoiler for Jurassic World. I'm just talking about the <laughs> fact that Sam Neill is in this movie, is in Jurassic World Dominion. Okay. Um, and- there's this whole thing about Sam Neill's accent in the original Jurassic Park. He has like this really? weird sort of mix of Australian, uh, sorry, New Zealander, because he's a New Zealander, this mix of like New Zealand accent, but also American accent. And apparently there was this whole thing on the set where um, Steven Spielberg gave him differing instructions day to day, you know, like, um, you know, that American accent you've been practicing. Don't do that. Just talk in your normal accent. You know how I told you to talk in your normal accent? Try and find somewhere in between the two. So it's oh. like it's this weird sort of uh, accent, which I really like. I think it works to his his advantage, but apparently a lot of people have dragged him in the past for it. Yeah, and Dick, so, Van, Dick Van Dyking uh, Jurassic yeah, Park. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so in Jurassic World Dominion, he is full American accent. He's like... Tex Cowboy, like hunting oh. a dinosaurs. Like, not that bad, Is but he that's playing essentially. The same, the same character? Same character, yep, yep, same that's character. Weird. Um, but I decided to make a bit of a character choice of it. And so <laughs> I spent the entire day saying, like, quoting the original Jurassic Park, but in like this Texas <laughs> Cowboy type accent. So I'd be like, Dr. Hammond, I've decided not to address your park and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I, I started to apply it to this movie as well. Cause when I sort of realized the weird thing that my, Mel Gibson was doing, I started saying his lines, but in like this weird Texan <laughs> accent. So like, ah, we're going to the new world, boys. <laughs> and about 10 minutes into the movie, Angie just turns to me and says, your anecdote is going to be me telling you to fuck off and stop using that voice. <laughs> I love Angie. <laughs> so do I. She's a wonderful human being. Um, and she puts up with so much shit from me. So <laughs> she is a gem. Uh, but that's Angie's anecdote. Angie's All right, we have a winner by one point. Oi. And it is the incredible Colors of, of the, the Wind. Only earth and still, all you own is earth until you can paint with all 
deserving winner. It's beautiful. But, uh, it, it's ah, uh, yeah. It's yeah. this. It's the song of a song of Disney. Mm. Um, yeah. Even though I like just around the river bend a little bit mm. more, it uh, yeah. I think no, this just hits cool. different. Like they're both really beautiful songs. And if we were just you know obviously just scoring the music and lyrics, they're both equal equal scores. Mm. Um. It just, I think Colors just hits different. Like I said, I, yeah, it, it made me cry. It's the one that, that got the tear. Um, it's oh, beautiful. Funny, funny fact about it. So someone questioned Stephen Schwartz, what the fuck is a blue corn moon? Yeah, I think I read this. So yeah, go, go on. <laughs> and he, he was like, it's nothing. Um, <laughs> um, there's some reference to uh, a Native American poem about green corn in the moonlight or something. Yeah. And so he originally had the lyric, the green corn moon, but he didn't think it sounded good, so no. he just changed it to blue corn moon, yeah. sort of talking about how nice the blue moon is. And he's like, it means nothing. It just sounds pretty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And I I've get it. Never, I get it. I've never questioned why the word corn is in there. I just see yeah. a wolf howling to a moon. I'm like, well, I don't know what the corn means. Well, there is a breed of corn. Now, this is where I get really nerdy on you. There is a breed of corn that is blue corn. Um, right. Yeah. So, like, uh, I, I'm not sure exactly what genus it is or whatever. But, yeah, there is a corn that grows sort of like with, like, bluey, like, uh, bits speckled throughout it. Ah. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I think it's hilarious. Does it happen on the moon? <laughs> no, it does not. It does. It's an ancient. It's like one of those, like, heritage Breeds, we bred it out because they're not as sweet. So yeah, we like, like our, we like our corn carrots. sweet. Yeah, we like our carrots orange and we do, we do. Our cabbage white yeah. and our bananas without giant seeds in them. You know, that's a thing, right? I'll yeah. send you. I'll send you a picture. You can have a look. A banana with seeds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like actual <laughs> seeds. Yeah, yeah. Like spit them out seeds, like a like a ch- like a cherry. Yeah, yeah. So, like, bananas have seeds. Uh, we just don't really notice them because they're so small. But there is a breed of banana. I'm just going to share my screen and just quickly show you now because I want to get your reaction live this on screen. This is a really weird ending to the podcast, people. It, it really uh, is. But here we are, team. Here we are. What the shit is that? Yeah, it's a banana with large-ass seeds. Looks like a passion fruit. Kind of, yeah. In, like, like a, a banana sort of, skin. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. That's Can you, what, how do you um, eat that? I imagine you'd like scoop out the seeds or something and just eat the outside bits. Um, yeah, but that's why we like that's why we have genetic modification in fruits. I'm all for that. That's yeah. that's awful. <laughs> not fun. Not fun. <laughs> On that anyway, note, <laughs> I am so so excited for I'm our jazzed. next episode. I'm really jazzed. Best opening song of any oh Disney movie. God. I'm calling it now. Oh my calling god. It now. Circle of Life was good. Wait till you hear Bells in Notre oh, Dame. This next episode, episode 26, is Hunchback, Hunchback of, of Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. It's going to be wild. Can't wait. It makes it makes choirs cool. Like yeah. It's- <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It does. All right. Until next time. I'm Stackers. And I'm Will. Bye. Bye.
How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply.